connecting to the real nerds is so easy. You can go to our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can like us on Facebook. We have a Twitter account, at Real Nerds. We also have Instagram. You can call us, 720-6Nerds5. You want to email us? You can do that, too, realnerds at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Denver Comic-Con 2016. We have a fantastic interview lined up for you. Enjoy. All right, we are live to tape here, day three of Denver Comic-Con 2016, and I'm joined by Neil Greenaway. Neil, say hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, so, Andrew, Andrew, who everybody on the show actually knows, because we talk about Color Coins, Cards, and Comics all the time, uh, and we successfully got Andrew in his busy schedule on the show once. Wow. So, Andrew, Andrew told you, like, hey, you got to go over and talk to the real nerds. Uh, so, why did Andrew send you to me? I don't know. <laughs> I feel Andrew lacks in social attention and tries to make up for it through braggery. <laughs> I, I, yeah, you, clearly you do know Andrew. Yeah, um, cool. So, uh, what, what are you doing here at the show? You've got media badges, so I know something's going on. Uh, right at the very instant, we are covering the Denver Comic Con for Bleeding Cool. Oh, no way! That's yes, very awesome, man. I know Bleeding Cool. Most people deny it, but most people <laughs> read it anyway. <laughs> Very neat. How long have you worked with Bleeding Cool? Uh, this will be my second year. I actually started at Denver Comic Con last year. Oh, wow. Okay. So you do, like, uh, freelance media coverage? Yeah. Awesome. Who else do you work with? Uh, well, right now I've got my own website called uh, Nerd Team 30. Cool. NerdTeam30.com. And we write for them as well. At, at the moment, that's about it. Bleeding Cool eats... All of my time. Really? Yes. What kind of stuff do you write for them, or, or, or coverage do you do? I, I'm given really free reign there. I'm allowed to do whatever I want. Uh, really? As long as our editor, Rich Johnson, thinks that it's a publishable interview, he will publish it. Yeah. Uh, but with that power, I try <laughs> to avoid the more salacious interviews that Bleeding Cool is known for. Sure. And I actually try to give just some uh, good old-fashioned indie comic coverage. Yeah. I walk around the convention... And I see dudes that are working on their own books, putting out their own stuff, but nobody's really paying attention. We awesome. try to shine the light on them a little bit. So you focus more on the comic book side? Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, and like I said, really more the, the indie, the lower, the lower level guys, the guys who aren't getting any press other places. So who are the guys here at Denver Comic Con you've seen that are, are exciting to you? Uh, wow, there are a lot. Creephouse Comics is here. They're local to Denver, and they are, they are yeah. awesome. You can find them at creephousecomics.com. Uh, let's see here. Val Hochberg is here. She has a comic called Mystery Babylon. Uh, it's all webcomic. Cool. But it can also be purchased in print, I believe. She's awesome. There's Jeff Pina. Uh, he came up from Arizona cool. just to be here in Denver today. He has a litany of books. I, I could go on and on. There are a lot of awesome people in this room. Yeah. So what kind of stuff do you look for like, in order to find that niche market? Um, what's the level of talent? What are the little flagpoles where you're like, hey... This guy seems like somebody who's, who's up and coming and really doing something special. Uh, I'll be honest, and this is the first time I've ever admitted my criteria for granting interviews. Okay. So, exclusive. Exclusive, right here. First, people who ask me to talk to them about their book. <laughs> if you are self-promoting enough to actually say, I don't I know you, let's talk about my book anyway. Absolutely. I will stop what I'm doing and talk to you about your comic. Yeah. And the other half, the sadder half... If I'm walking around a convention and I see a table that just no one is going to, yeah. Uh, if there's a person that obviously has a product they're making, 
but I see throughout a convention that no one is really stopping, yeah. I will make a point to go talk to that person. I think that's fantastic. You know, because there there are there's a lot of guys here who are struggling, who are, and we've we've met some of them as well over the years. Um, guys who, you know, sure they are not they're not even close to being at the same caliber as some of the big artists who are here. Um, but that's because they're starting and they're trying to teach themselves and they're they're doing it in their in you know in their in their free time. Um, and it's it's not an easy thing to to do and and. When you're when you're completely being overlooked by everybody, I'm sure that it ends up being very feeling very defeating. And so to have somebody like you, where you you come up and you're like, look, I'm looking for the niche guys because I want to talk about what it's actually like to do this job, right? Because I mean, we just we just finished an interview with George Jonte a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. um, and it's one thing. This is certainly not a criticism of him, um, but it's one thing for for everybody to always talk about, like, oh, you know, you should do what you love and you should always try this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's totally different to talk to the guys who are in the middle, who aren't, who aren't at least making money even at it yet, uh, who are just really struggling, and, and tell their stories about what it's actually like to try, and sometimes what it's like to fail, because a lot of those guys aren't going to make it. Um, yeah, that's true. But I, I think uh, uh, getting out there and, and shining a spotlight on those guys is a really fantastic idea. Uh, so that's cool. We've heard a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people thank me profusely yeah. because they've never been interviewed by anybody, and we are actual national coverage. Yeah. Uh, and we get a lot of customer feedback or uh, reader feedback, I should say. We've had a lot of people commenting on the uh, articles, commenting on the interviews, saying, you know, this is an artist that I wouldn't necessarily have seen. This is a style that doesn't normally get covered. Yeah. Uh, but thank you guys for drawing a spotlight to them. Thank you for showing us that it was even available. Awesome. Uh, so cool. we, we do hear a lot of positive feedback on that. I think that's really fantastic. I, I think it's great that you're doing it. Um, so what kind of stuff do you read in your free time? In my free time, I remember free time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, you know, before kids and, and, yeah. and too many jobs. And, yeah, you know. we cover we cover a lot of cons every year, yeah. and so there's there's very little free time. Yeah, but I will say, just about anybody who hands me a book and asks me to read it, I will read it. Awesome. So what I end up reading is this really eclectic mix <laughs> of one issue each of just about every indie series out there. Yeah, uh, not enough to build my. Uh, build a cohesive story, not enough to really even understand what's going on. <laughs> yeah. uh, I would say probably in that I'm exposed more to the art than I am to the story because a single issue is not much yeah. room story-wise. Yeah. Um, but if you wipe all that off the table, I read Silver Surfer and Alan Moore. Aha, okay. There we go. Very cool. Nice. Uh, so because Andrew sent you over, um, I will ask, have you read through the, the Uncanny Adventure books? Uh, how do you yeah. feel about them? I have actually read all of the Uncanny Adventure books, uh, with the exception of Duo Number Three, the one they were premiering yeah, the here one today, they just released, yeah. or this weekend. Yeah, uh, we've actually interviewed Eighth Wonder a couple times. They'll have a new interview going up this year. Cool uh, about the new issue. I think those books are awesome. I yeah. love short form anthology uh, sci-fi, though. Yeah, uh, if you can get sci-fi or fantasy. Really stuff that I don't see in my average day. I know there are people who like noir or crime or drama or romance, and those are all great genres, but for me, I could look in my own life and find those. So I want capes and superheroes and swords yeah. and lasers, yeah. spaceships. It's uh, it's funny. I, I picked up the, the new issue yesterday. I haven't had a chance to read it, but just flipping through it, uh, there's so many, like, there's a lot of really fantastic artists in that book this year. 
Uh, and it's exciting to see. It's a, it's a cool platform for people who, you know, may, maybe they're not even trying to break in, but they have told a cool story or they have something interesting they want to do, and maybe it's even a one-off. It's a really great opportunity for them to, to get their story published. Uh, so I think it's really exciting. Do you see a lot of other books like Uncanny Adventures as you go to other cons where, where they're anthologizing just, you know, Actually, different art? Actually, here at this very con, uh, they premiered uh, another group, uh, Wicked Awesome Comics. Oh, cool. Premiered a trade paperback of the first four issues of their anthology sci-fi series, Wicked Awesome Tales. Okay. Uh, which is very much the same thing, short form uh, just one or two, maybe three page stories. Yeah. Uh, but they are only just a couple tables down from Eighth Wonder, actually. Oh, too far. I'm, I, I didn't know. I'm going to have to check him out. I, I, yeah. I thank you for telling me. Run by a guy named Todd Jones. Cool. Uh, and he is awesome. Awesome. Wicked I will, awesome, I will have as to it check were. Him out. <laughs> of course, of course. Of course. Sweet. Uh, so, what do you guys cover on, uh, on Nerd Team 30? On Nerd Team 30, that is a website that I purchased a couple of years ago because. They sell these things called websites, and I figured... <laughs> I should, I, I should I invest movies. in one of these, yeah. Right? It's like buying real estate. It can only get more expensive. These only appreciate. Right. <laughs> uh, so for a while, we didn't know what to do with it. It just kind of sat there and languished. Yeah. And finally, we had, in addition to the website, I want to make it uh, very clear how foolhardy this enterprise was. We not only bought a website, we went out and bought a really expensive camera, a full suite of light setups, backdrops... Uh, seating, tables, all sorts of good stuff. And then we just sort of let it sit for a while. Yeah. And finally my partner said, well, we we kind of got all the stuff, man. Maybe we should do something. And so right now it's still very much in a formative stage. We're not sure what it is. Yeah. We do a lot of unboxing videos. There are some read-alongs with comics. Uh, my partner has gone out into the world. He loves Transformers. Okay. And he's gone out into the world and found several Transformers artists and authors uh, and asked them how they felt about having him showcase the art one panel at a time, but really get theatrical on the voice work. Cool. And he does. And he's, he's got a lot of positive feedback from the creators. He was very worried at the beginning that they would say, don't copy my art, you know, you're just stealing what we already did. Yeah. But he's had a lot of positive feedback. So we're getting more into the read-alongs. Uh, like I said, unboxings. We do Kickstarter shows where we will find Kickstarters and try to hype up the process, and then once the product is delivered, show off what they what they actually made. Cool. Um, and also, right now, because we are paying to maintain the site, we are offering for any of our friends who have ideas to do things, if they want a free web page, we're already paying for one we don't use. <laughs> so we're just handing out URLs like they're candy. That's awesome. Yeah, that, that's what it is right now. Hopefully in the future it will grow to be something greater. Cool. Very cool. All right, so now I'm going to turn it around on you. So you're a guy who interviews people. Do you have any questions for me? Um, let's see here. How did you get into interviewing random people? Because that seems to me an odd choice. <laughs> uh, that's very true. So um, I'll, I'll give you the short version. So uh, when, we, when I graduated from college... Uh, myself and the the soon-to-be husband of one of my very close friends uh, and one of his good friends, uh, they, 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 the two of them came to me and they were like, hey, we want to start a podcast. We want you to be on it. Uh, we want to talk about movies every week. Uh, and if you're going to do it, we have to commit and we're going to do a show every week, right? Uh, and so I agreed to and we created Real Nerds Podcast. Uh, the interviewing random people stuff uh, came about because 
the first year when we came to when we signed up to come to Denver Comic Con, it was the inaugural Denver Comic Con. Uh, we didn't know what we were going to do. We were like, I don't know what a podcast booth looks like. We need to be there just to like tell people we exist. Um, and so what we decided was we were like, well, okay, there's there's comic book people there. There's there's celebrities and all this stuff. Maybe we can get an interview with some of those people. Uh, so we should bring all the audio equipment. Uh, and then we realized, well, what we should also do is we should just like talk to people on the floor as they come by, right? And get their opinions on how the show's going and, and, and hear a little bit about who they are. Um, and so in the early days, it was a lot of, you know, fans, cosplayers coming over and, and just talking to them about their, um, like, you know, what, what stuff they were nerdy about, what stuff they really enjoyed. Uh, and that was really fun. And then it, it sort of started to evolve. And what we realized was that a lot of the people here, a lot of people in nerd culture are doing something. Like, they, they all have something to promote, usually. Um, it, and so there are a lot of people who then, as, as we did it for the next couple of years, it was like, hey, all these people want to come up and talk about the cool thing that they do. And usually they're fascinating people, right? Like, no two people are doing the same thing. And, and you learn about all these amazing opportunities in these cool businesses like yours. Like, uh, I mean, I, I've met a number of authors here this year uh, who are all doing really neat stuff in the space. Um, and so it's become one of my favorite parts of the show is just getting to talk to people about things. Um, you know, yeah, sure, it's a marketing thing. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll be really honest with you. Anytime I have somebody in the, in, the, in the chair and I'm interviewing them, it doesn't matter who that person is. People walking by go, hey, something's happening at that booth, you know? Yeah. And so for us, there's certainly a marketing thing to it, but, but it is, is honestly the most fun I have here at the show. After five years of being here, like, I've, I've seen the booths full of TV, t- uh, T-shirts. I've seen a lot of the art. I've got more art for my walls than I have wall space. So even though I buy more every year, I always like kick myself and go like, "Where? What are you gonna do with this?" Like, yes, it's cool. You bought some Tony Moore art, but you have to take something down in order to hang it, right? Um, Did you see that flocked blacklight poster he had this year? No, I didn't. Oh, you probably should go buy one. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll have to go back. Yeah, um, that's that's cool. Uh, so I didn't even see the posters behind him. I asked for one of the prints on the table because I was looking through all his original art. Yep. And it wasn't until I went to buy a print that she was like, oh, I've got a poster version of it if you want. And I was like, cool. Um, so I'll have to go back and look at the other posters. Um, yeah, so it, that, that's sort of how it happened. Um, and that's why Andrew, who's been on the show and who knows that we do this, when he saw you, was like, hey, you should go talk to those guys because they'll talk to you because we'll talk to anybody. So, all right. Yeah. One more question for sure. you then. Uh, Earlier, when I was interviewing Eighth Wonder, yeah, we spent an abnormal amount of time talking about Andrew's love life, and frankly, I think it needs to be brought to the forefront. All right, I, so, you know, hey, there he is. Uh, yeah, hey, um, Andrew, get in here. And I think he brought his love life with him, so maybe we can. Uh, we're maybe we're making we can... the Andrew's love life thing happen live right now. Uh, yeah, Andrew, come have a seat. Oh, this is becoming fantastic. I can't, I can't right now. But oh, wait, 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 wait. Say that again. I can't right now, but I'm going to be back. I promise. Okay, oh, all right. I promise. Either way. Another uh, disappointing glad, decision. This, this is a melding of the minds. I'm glad you guys finally connected. It's, <laughs> I, it's and, amazing And to we me. have so much common ground. I, <laughs> for sure, Neil, I will make you this promise. If I can get him on the air, which honestly, he's often a liar and, a, and elusive. True. Um, so it, it's not entirely possible I can get him on the air, but if I can, love life is the first question, sir. 
Well, if the discussion were left to me, I would probably make up a Casanova-like list of love interests, <laughs> if only to denigrate those women afterwards. I'll bring a flowchart. <laughs> we'll make a we'll make a flowchart. Yeah, chart. I think we're gonna draw a flowchart live on the yeah. Oh, flowchart and quotes. Period um. jokes. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. Um, well, that's fantastic. That, the timing couldn't have been more perfect for that. Cool. Uh, well, Neil, thank you so much for coming by. I think it's a really cool thing that you guys are doing, and I'm for sure we'll have to check you out. Uh, one more time for all the listeners, how do people find you? How do they support? Uh, well, if you wanted to find me specifically, you would go to nerdteam30.com, and there's contact information there, or nerdteam30 at gmail.com. Uh, and if you wanted to see what I'm doing for Bleeding Cool, just go to Bleeding Cool. Awesome. You can search for Neil Greenaway specifically if you want, but I suggest reading them all. Nah, it makes mine look better. Don't read anybody else. Like Just, just read me and stuff. <laughs> Sweet. Thank you so much for coming by, Neil. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this exclusive interview from Real Nerds Podcast at Denver Comic-Con 2016. I'd like to thank Denver Comic-Con and Pop Culture Classroom for giving us this opportunity. Thanks. Bye. Real Nerds is a Nebulous Visions multimedia production. We would also like to thank Sparks Mandrill for our music. Additional music from Ben Sounds. Thank you to Alamo Drafthouse. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. And thank you for listening to the Real Nerds Podcast.